Hello and welcome to another episode of This Diet Life. I am Kim Dunaway. Last episode we explored neurotransmitters as a reason for why we gravitate towards certain foods. So today we're going to look at what deficiencies that you may have that may be causing you to crave certain foods. So food cravings are something that we all experience at one time or another. If it's something as simple as wanting something cold or wanting something warm to wanting specific food groups, such as something sweet or something salty to wanting a specific food, like I must have something chocolate. I am craving an avocado. I am craving a pickle. What do those cravings mean? So let's delve into that. So the most common cravings that people often have are cravings for something sweet. And a craving for something chocolate versus a craving for something sweet can actually be two different things. Sometimes craving ice cream, for instance, could be indicative of craving dairy and can, again, be different than craving sweets. So let's just talk about sweets first. So that could be, as we mentioned in the prior episode, a deficiency in serotonin. But the nutrient deficiency that would be associated with that would be tryptophan. But a sweet craving could also be indicative of a chromium deficiency, which can definitely manifest for people that suffer from blood sugar issues, be it severe blood sugar issues such as diabetes or milder or moderate issues such as hypoglycemia. So feeling shaky, getting dizzy, getting headaches in between meals, even getting irritable in between your meals or when you're hungry can be indicative of a lower blood sugar and can be indicative of a deficiency in a mineral called chromium. Chromium is often supplemented in both blood sugar products, and sugar cravings formulas. So chromium on its own is not great for preventing sugar cravings. You really want to add something in like glutamine or a tryptophan product, provided that you're not on some type of serotonin antidepressant. But Chromium does help to regulate blood sugar. So oftentimes people complain about getting hungry in between their meals and wanting some type of appetite suppressant when really we need to either work on our meals so that we have more protein or more fiber to make us feel more full or we need to eat more frequently, not take so much time in between meals or it can be indicative of a blood sugar problem that needs to be addressed, not the need for an appetite suppressant. So looking at those sugar cravings as a possible sign of a chromium deficiency. Now let's look at chocolates. So a lot of times people specifically crave chocolate. They got to have a chocolate bar. Usually when you're talking about chocolate cravings, you're talking about a bar. If it's more chocolate cake, that may be more indicative of a sweet craving. But with chocolate, usually you're talking about some type of chocolate candy, and that is indicative of a magnesium deficiency. And so magnesium is 
a mineral that people don't always think about because they oftentimes think about calcium and calcium is really honed in on us as far as bone health goes, but magnesium is really important. It's important for over 300 different processes in the body. It is an electrolyte. People a lot of times don't think about that. So it is very important to help prevent things like leg cramps, restless legs, muscle cramps in other places outside of the legs. It is also very helpful in blood pressure regulation, the relaxation of your nerves. It helps with sleep. It can help with hyperactivity. It has so many different benefits. So if you're experiencing some of these different things and you're craving chocolate on top of that, it can definitely be indicative that you are low in magnesium and that you may want to supplement with a with magnesium or you may want to take a calcium and magnesium supplement together. I never recommend that people only take calcium because we need that magnesium to help the calcium be utilized. Without it, it can make us susceptible to bone spurs or calcium kidney stones. Nobody wants to experience that. Even calcium deposits potentially in the arteries. So at times you'll have cardiologists or other doctors tell people to avoid calcium for worries about those specific issues. However, if we take it with magnesium, then it's not a concern because again, that magnesium helps the calcium do what it needs to do along with taking it with a good vitamin D as well. So magnesium is such an important nutrient. It is in some foods like your seeds and nuts and some vegetables and fruits, but a lot of times to get a really good dose, sometimes we have to supplement with it. A good amount to take varies from person to person. It could be anywhere from 400 milligrams a day to 600 milligrams a day are some of your more common dosages, but you can actually take magnesium all the way up to what's called your bowel tolerance, which is the amount that it takes to cause diarrhea, and then you back off one dose. So not to scare you away from that, you can certainly start off low, or if you already are prone to loose bowels, you can take a special form of magnesium called magnesium glycinate, and that does not cause water to be drawn to the colon, um, and it won't cause that. But for some people, constipation is a regular issue, and magnesium is a way that you can help with that without doing things that can harm your bowels long-term, such as taking laxatives long-term. So not to go down a rabbit horse too much, but you can really see the benefits of magnesium. So let's talk about dairy that I mentioned before, if you're finding yourself craving a lot of cheese, a lot of yogurt, and that type of thing. Is that indicative of a calcium deficiency or not? You actually would be surprised because sometimes it actually is not. Sometimes people that crave a lot of sodas and carbonated beverages are actually deficient in calcium. And so there's so many good sources of calcium outside of dairy. A lot of people struggle getting the calcium that they need every day because they don't do dairy well. So it is definitely a fact that our lactase enzymes deplete after the age of about two. And for some people with certain ethnic backgrounds, African-Americans, Asians, 
they're they're usually naturally lactose intolerant because it's not something that historically those cultures did. So there are all kinds of things that you can do outside of dairy products to get calcium. So almonds are actually a really good source of calcium as well as a lot of your leafy greens like your kales and greens. Spinach are also good sources of calcium. Salmon can be a good source of calcium as well. Or again, you can look at calcium supplements. And just like there's lots of magnesiums, there's lots of different types of calciums on the market and it can be really, really confusing for people. And so I recommend typically either a food-based calcium that comes from an algae source, for instance, can be really good and very well absorbed and also has been clinically shown to help with bone density issues. Or if you do have bone density issues, there is a specific type of calcium called microcrystalline hydroxyapatite or MCHA calcium for short. That is excellent for helping to rebuild your bone. So not only help to keep it from getting worse, but actually help to improve your bone density. Whereas your calciums like calcium citrates, which would be like the next best form, can help your bones from getting worse, but it doesn't necessarily build bone like the other two types that I mentioned do. The calciums that you really want to try to avoid are calcium like calcium carbonate, which is actually what you find in Tums. It can be excellent for neutralizing stomach acid, but it takes a lot of stomach acid as a result to be absorbed. So it's a very poor form of calcium, albeit a very cheap form of calcium and also a way that you don't have to take as many pills to equal 1,000, 1,200 milligrams that you may be looking for. So a lot of times people flock to that, but it's really a poor form of calcium. So again, if you're the type that is really hooked on carbonated beverages and sodas, or you really crave those a lot, you may actually be deficient in calcium. Another reason that you might be deficient in calcium is if you are going towards a lot of oily and fatty foods. So things that are not just necessarily greasy, but fatty foods such as nuts, and avocados and cheeses are very fatty more so than anything else. So that can be an indicative of, again, of a calcium deficiency. So a lot of women probably would benefit from a calcium deficiency and that's across the spectrum. When you're premenopausal and especially when you're younger and they have a lot of problems with cramps, a lot of times that is because they're not getting enough calcium and magnesium, and that is what's causing the cramps when they're on their cycle, as well as people when they're older and you're experiencing issues with bone density and falling and broken bones. Very, very important to have those good types of calciums that are really absorbed well and can help you with your bone density. So again, if you're noticing that you're craving sodas, oily and fatty foods, that can actually be indicative of a calcium deficiency. And so the last thing that we want to talk about is if you are craving salty foods, which is a big thing for people. And so it can be indicative of a electrolyte deficiency. So chloride and sodium is what makes up salt. And so a lot of times we want something salty to help with that. And so that can be indicative that we're not getting the electrolytes that we need. So a lot of times in the summertime, especially when people are sweating more, they tend to crave more salty foods. And then perhaps more so in the winter, they're craving more 
warm foods or more sweet foods because they're not needing the electrolytes as much. But sometimes people need potassium, magnesium, chloride throughout the year, not just a sweating issue. Again, if you're having a lot of these leg cramps, foot cramps, muscle cramps, it can be indicative of electrolyte deficiencies, restless legs, for instance. And so chloride is something that you really only find in salt or in certain electrolyte beverages. Like for instance, I love coconut water as a great electrolyte beverage, but it's very high in potassium, not so much in chloride. So you may actually need to get a specific electrolyte beverage to help with your salt. For some people, they avoid salt and they actually need salt. So for those of you that don't have issues with adrenal problems and issues with blood pressure, then it's okay to use salt. I would always recommend a Himalayan pink salt or a Celtic sea salt, or at the very least an unrefined salt that's not white. If it's white, it is refined over a refined salt, especially over your iodized type of salt that they sell these days. But it's okay to use some salt. Where we really get into having too much salt is in our processed foods and especially in our restaurant type of foods. So our sit-down restaurants and our fast food restaurants have a lot of salt. So we want to try to avoid those types of very salty things as best as we can and really kind of better control our salt intake. But again, if you're finding yourself that you're craving these foods a lot, it could be indicative that you need some electrolytes. And what I might recommend here supplementally is a trace mineral supplement that will have some chloride, some magnesium, a little bit of all of these other minerals that a lot of times that we're lacking because the food that we eat doesn't have the mineral content that it had 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. I may have talked about this on the show before that it's been proven that an orange today doesn't have the vitamin C content that it did many years ago. And that goes with everything. So some of the greens that I talked about being high in calcium may not be as high in calcium as they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago. The old days, we would cook our food over hot coals. We would take the ash, throw it out into our gardens, and then we would grow our own food and it would be very nutritious and full of these minerals that we're just not getting now. And so a little mineral supplement like that can help with some of these deficiencies that we talked about today so that you're not craving these types of foods because cravings really can derail your diet. And so we really need to get them under control as best as we can. And sometimes supplements are what we need to address certain deficiencies that may be causing those cravings. So thanks again for listening. I'm going to be re sort of calibrating the podcast a little bit. My plan is to come to you with one health related nutrition podcast every week, as well as one yoga related podcast every week. So if yoga isn't your thing, you can certainly avoid that if you want, but I encourage you to at least listen to a couple of them. It's going to be more so mind based and For right now, we're going to keep the title of the podcast the same. We might change it at some point to give it a little bit more broad title to represent what it's going to be sort of evolving into. And I'm excited about bringing you a little bit of that yogic wisdom every week as well, too. So look forward to that in your podcast feeds very soon. 
So again, you can find me at thisdietlife at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, I love hearing from you. Until then, again, thanks for listening.